Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid. If you're looking for cable, oh, you know what? Forget your cables. If you just need a patch cable, the Sliver series is back in stock right now. Uh, they are the smallest patch cables I've seen. Uh, so head on and over to soldered s- too, and they're soldered, sort of half soldered. Yeah, half soldered. I guess is a good description of them. It's better than not soldered at all. Yeah. So anyway, uh, go check those out. They're super small and they're super great. Sinusoid.com. Yeah, pick them up while they're hot. They sold out of them a while back, but they got them back in stock now. That's for sure. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Barefoot Buttons. Buttons? <laughs> they are the Barefoot Buttons. Of hey, hey buttons. man, you got any of them buttons? <laughs> I just finally got my Don't Be a Dick button. You yeah. finally brought it home to me. Yeah, if you uh, put in a minimum order of some number, you can put some custom graphics on it. They'll they'll set that up for you. Yeah, uh, get barefoot buttons made for your company picnic, for you know your family reunion, for your VFW guitar trade. Yeah, get them buy sell trade. Get get them made for uh, vacation Bible school. <laughs> And hand them, them out to the kids. If you have a low res design, just hit up Ryan and he will oh clean it up for you. <laughs> don't ever, don't advertise that, Steve. People are going to be hitting me up all day. Um, yeah, barefoot buttons are great. I still use the crap out of them. Like they're they're like a they're this like niche, like kind of like novelty product. It looks like a novelty, but then you end up using them all the time. And I'm so happy to have them around. Like. I was just thinking about it this last Sunday as I was playing. I was like, I'm really glad I have this tall boy back on my uh, pitchfork because otherwise it'd be such a pain to get back there. I also use barefoot buttons, but so far, uh, from what I can tell, the crap is still intact. So uh, head on over to barefootbuttons.com. Check them out. The crap is still intact? Yeah, because you said you use the crap out of them. Oh, okay. I see. And I, I see your I joke. Have, as far as I can tell, there's the crap is still in my, like, it's still in them. Yeah. It's not out. I get it now. I right. get it, Steve. Oh, did you know that this episode is also brought to you by Mr. Black Pedals, makers of the JDS-50? The JDS-50. Tell us more. Well, I finally got to use it live this past Sunday, and I'm not lying when I say that it was always on. I am in love with this pedal. It's a really great pedal. It gets you this very kind of like Marshall in a box sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Very like amp dynamic. Right. I love it so much that I found myself rolling my guitar's volume back to use it for cleaners part, cleaner parts instead of le- like turning it off and going for a lighter drive. Interesting. That's something I never do. Yeah, like, I never roll down my guitar's volume. I usually, might as well not have volume on my guitar. Usually, don't think that hard. I don't think that hard. That's true, Steve. Uh, I don't have. I don't even know how to describe how much I love this thing. It just works great for me. It's crunchy. It's saturated. You can get creamy or you can get biting with it. I just really love this pedal, guys. Go check out my demo of it. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also find the demo on Mr. Black's page for the JDS 50. So go over there, check it out, put one in the shopping cart and sit and debate yourself for an hour before you pull the trigger. That's my advice. Do it. Hello, this is Ryan. Oh, this is Steve. Oh. <laughs> you are listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, playing, reviewing, breaking, 
demoing, also playing, also talking about. You're going podcast. off the rails, Steve. You went off the rails in the way similar to a crazy train. Oh, oh, is that what a crazy train does? Yeah, it goes off the rails. Interesting. Steve and I both just took drinks. I'm drinking Pepsi combined with uh, Seagram Seven. What's you call it? Websy. Websy or Wispy? Wispy. Wispy. Wixy. Wixy. It's a it's a yummy drink. That's for sure. I'm uh, just drinking Guinness. You're drinking that Guinness. Guinness draft straight out of the bottle. Yeah. How do you how do you like it? That's the way you're supposed to drink it straight out of the bottle. Yeah. That's what it says on the side. They had a, they had a deal at Smart and Final the other day. 10 bucks a box for the 12 packs, but you had to buy three boxes. Well, and I was like, that's that's less than a dollar a bottle. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna take care of this. That's a decent deal. Yeah, it is. So I bought three boxes of uh, Guinness. Brilliant. And I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, do we want to get into what's new? Do you have anything new? Well, I've got a terrible and disgusting rash, Steve. Oh yeah, tell tell us more. <laughs> this is personal related, not gear related at all. Was it was this on uh, your new Facebook group? Yes, yes. Or your oh, personal Facebook page. That's new too. Uh, on the on the last episode, I joked about having a Facebook group that's just for me and about me. Yeah. And so I had that thought bouncing around my head. I started in a Facebook. I started a Facebook group that was going to just be like the worst stuff on Facebook, and then yeah, you I gave got, it like twenty four hours to gain traction, and then uh, it didn't because nothing gains traction in twenty four hours. And you're like, this sucks. I quit. Ugh. No, like I spent some time actually thinking about it. And I was like, I don't even want to do this. I'll just make this an actual Facebook group with my name on it, and this will be the most narcissistic. <laughs> ridiculous thing i've ever done so it's called ryan burke's terrible facebook group go find it on facebook if you care um you shouldn't you shouldn't care at all there's nothing interesting happening there we're just posting memes really um but anyways i went up to the mountains this last saturday to do some like video work i must have gotten into some kind of nasty bush or something i don't remember going off the trail i don't remember like getting into the to the bramble uh-huh. But somehow I got this nasty rash that started on my arm, and now it's also on my other arm in a place, and it's on my side and on my lower back. Oh, jeez, dude! And it's just—I think like I got into something. I didn't know what it. I didn't know that I got into something, and then I just like rubbed it all over my body over the next day or so. So now it's like stuff is breaking out later. I can only think of like really two things in the, our local mountains that you can really get into. Well, the that first one poison oak, and I didn't see any. I know yeah. what that looks like, and it's up on my arm. Poison oak grows really low. Typically, what yeah. is the other thing? Would be stinging nettle, which also grows pretty low and would be pretty obvious. Yeah, I didn't get into anything like that. So then the other option is that I have like a, a staph infection all over your body. That's not how the way it works, huh? Mm, I don't think so. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. I'm going to have him take a look at it. He's probably going to roll his eyes and be like, just go home and wait for it Good to get Good thing we recorded earlier this week because you might be dead by I, a regular recording time. I might be dead. Do you want to see it, Steve, or you don't care? Uh, I saw it on the internet. Yeah, is it's it, kind of the it same. worse now? It's more oozy. Oh, yeah. I put bandages over the oozy parts. Well, what then what's the point? Good, good point, Steve. I All won't right. show you. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going through. And how does it relate to gear? Uh, it's... In the place where my arm rubs on the guitar, that's going to be awkward. Uh, I'm going to have to wear long sleeves next time I play at church or something like that. So I'm not having a good time right now. 
but that's that's my story. Oh yeah. You have anything new, Steve? Yeah, I got some new shoes this week. Really? Show them to me. Um, Stick them out there on the side. Oh, look at those, Steve. Uh, I got them from Costco. Costco and, shoes. And uh, they're uh, Adidas's, um, and they're super comfortable. But what I just realized is there's like the way the tread is on the bottom. There's kind of like a hole right around the ball of the foot. Uh-huh. So I don't know uh, how good these shoes are going to be for stomping on pedals. Oh yeah, that's uh, not a. I don't know. But, yeah, you might get you might get kind of locked into your 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 uh, your switches with that. Yeah, or I could get like I could try to rip it rip. It could get stuck, and I try to take my shoe off too fast and just tear the sole off the bottom of my shoe. Yeah, you could accidentally r- r- like rip your whole leg off if you're too ooh, quick. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think that's a uh, pedal boarding shoe for sure. Definitely not for praise and worship. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so nothing, nothing else new. No, um, I got a rash and you got shoes. Uh, yep, very, cool. very interesting. <laughs> um, Should we jump into our regularly, regularly scheduled re- content? Re- regularly, regularly. Let's get some of that regularly scheduled content. Yeah. All right. This uh, first ad was sent to us by. Um, he uh, didn't sign his yeah, name. He did. You just didn't read it. No, he is. It no, was, dude. It's those emails that you, come. Shut up. They come directly no, just from shut up. the Craigslist Ryan, ad. Ryan, shut up. I'm shutting up. All right. This ad was sent to us by Michael Van Zant, who in the final ad that he sent of the uh, Casino Amp, which we're actually not going to talk about uh, this week, but I did reply to his email. He said, hey, I'm the guy who's been sending all of those oh, emails from okay. the St. Louis Craigslist. Gotcha. Uh, Michael Van Zant, but all we had was like his email address. So it was a little confusing unless you read all of the emails as thoroughly as I did because I love our listeners. And I apparently hate them. They yeah. are all my enemies. Yeah. So this is a, a vintage Fender neck plate, badge style, mid 60s, $50. Uh, I've got a mid 60s Fender neck plate from off of Fender Villager 12. This is the badge shape that was also used on some of their other acoustics with bolt on necks. Standard four bolt spacing. Neck plate has a few scuffs and scratches, uh, as you would expect, but overall it's in very good condition. Serial number is 17105. Here's the weird bit. This plate was taken off a mid-60s Fender Villager 12 string that I parted out. But checking the serial number, it shows up as 1957. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I'm also selling the gold pick guard from this guitar. It's in great shape. So I've never seen these before. And uh, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, it must be a thing, uh, but I've I've never seen this before. I got to say, I really kind of like this. I like the look of it. Uh, I wouldn't probably ever put it on a guitar, but I would totally like hang this on the wall or like use it as a starter for a collection of interesting neck plates yeah it's like a collector's thing. interesting neck plates yeah that sounds stupid are at there first, other neck plates that but, are interesting besides this one well then you start to think about neck plates of the world and there's you know there's neck plates of the yeah, world i mean that's gonna be my next coffee table book that i write and publish is neck plates of the world but like there's neck your, plates. Ne- your next coffee table what was your first one <laughs> <laughs> don't ask steve you know can't talk about that in front of mixed company <laughs> i was young i was in college <laughs> we all experiment in college steve i just experimented oh, with coffee table books um but you know there's there's certain brands out there that have like unique neck plates 
And I bet you can get them for relatively cheap and make like a little display out of them the way some people like to do like, you know, teaspoons of the world or something like that or like shot sure, glasses. Sure. It's, kind of, it's kind of neat looking. The other thought I had with this, because mm-hmm. like the chances of someone being like, oh, I really need that exact neck plate for this guitar that I've been building is pretty low. Yeah. Like this is not <coughs> this is not a common thing for people to be chasing. But what I see when I look at this. You get yourself a Fender Excelsior amp, which is like their their little like tube amp that they came out with a while back that has mm-hmm. like a Gretsch styling to it. Yeah. I've always hated the little like Excelsior Swords Cross logo on it that's made out of plastic. Right. You like this one better? Put this over where that would be, and I think that would look super classy. So I was looking at pictures of other of these uh, badge plates, and um, this one looks like it's cut up a little. What? Show me. Um, Show me, Steve. Show me this I'm picture. To, I'm trying to find one. I'm just trying to avoid dead air, so I just have to I know. keep saying uh, things. I mean, so, dead, if people hear dead air, they're going to tune out, Steve. They've already tuned out. It's We've lost late. all our listeners. Oh, oh, oh they're oh, all gone oh. now. I had a picture of one just a second ago. Anyway, uh, this one looks like it's just, it's it's not symmetrical. And the picture that I was looking at was symmetrical. This doesn't look symmetrical because the photo's taken at an angle. I don't think it is. I don't think that's why. This looks a lot different. It does look different, but it's not because it's symmetrical. It looks like it's cut out of a different material and chromed differently. Like, that doesn't look chromed. It looks like it's just punched out of steel. You know what I mean? Right, but I'm saying, like, look at the the two holes. are di- Like, all the holes are a little different. Like, this yeah, one's I guess been that's jacked true. with. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the shield itself is asymmetrical, but the holes definitely look like something's up. But well, it I guess that's what I should say: is the shield itself might not be asymmetric, asymmetrical, but the holes are not symmetrical. Interesting. I wonder if it was just the model it was from. Maybe one of those holes, uh, like maybe that small hole, hosted the uh, the strap button, so it needed to be different somehow. I've got it. You got it. So the guy says how. Um, this neck plate doesn't make sense, basically. Like, the serial number doesn't make sense. So, what if this was a legitimate... No, that doesn't make sense either. So, I'm looking at old neck plates, and the old neck plates, I don't think, had the fender script like that. So, yeah, I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, me either. It definitely looks different than that picture you pulled up. Uh, there's something funky going on here, but still, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, because like the old Fender neck plates just had a uh, a s- serial number; they didn't yeah. have the Fender script. So I wonder if this is maybe some kind of reissued uh, serial number for some reason. That, yeah, maybe that had it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a mystery. And if I actually did research before we got on the air, I might know more about it. We don't, don't do that anymore, Steve. You know that. Fly by the seat of Anymore. our pants over here. That implies that we did it at one time. I think our first like dozen episodes, we would like look into things beforehand. Mm, and we gave up on bit. that. All right, should we uh, tackle a topic? Yeah, this yeah. is gonna be a quick episode. We're ripping it. This is Good. what we get for recording early on a Tuesday. It's going up on a Tuesday. No, it's still gonna go up on Monday, Steve. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> this just this recording is going up on a Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday this week because uh, actually my birthday is on Friday. Oh, happy birthday, and, Steve! Uh, Melissa was like, "You're really going to record on your birthday?" Uh, it was kind of like, "Well, it's my birthday, so can't I just do what I want?" Like, That's true. She's like, "Don't you want to see your family on your birthday?" And I was like. But don't answer, Steve. Don't rec- answer. This is my recording schedule, so <laughs> I don't think that people would understand two weeks of dead air. Right. Just it wouldn't be-, be two weeks, Steve. Yeah, we just have to record the next week. Anyway. Um, now that we got all these sponsors, we kind of have to do episodes, so. We're Where's both this question to- at? Okay, here it is. It's asked by Colin Ryan on the Facebook group. People, Thanks, Colin Ryan. People, say, people that say... I like all kinds of music, except for rap and country. What do they mean? Why it's cliche, etc. Also, genres of music that you guys can't pretty much party down on. Can't pretty much? It just says can't party down on. Sorry. Learn how to read, dude. Sorry, dude. Jeez. All right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I got to say, I, I, I've heard the... Uh, I listen to all genres except country and rap. And I'm always like, really? You listen to jazz fusion? Yeah. You listen You listen to, you know, like throat singing? Yeah. Tuvan throat singing? Yeah. You listen, you listen to Gregorian chant? Yeah. You listen to like traditional, like Japanese music? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I guess like you want to think that, I know when I've heard people say this, like they're really what they're saying is, oh, I listen to a little bit of alternative and pop rock. And every once in a while, I just got I got to scratch that Britney Spears itch. Right, right. Is that too old of a reference? They listen to. Well, here's what I hear when I. I used to say this. Did you ever say this? No, because you grew up listening to country. I grew up listening to country. So even when I was in like my no country phase, I still at least had appreciation for like old country. Right. You still listen to so, your Hank Williams. So I would say, like, even now, I might say that I don't. I don't listen to pop country. I don't enjoy pop country. Right. I get how people part get on party down to it or whatever. Get yeah. their party on. What was the what was the phrasing? <laughs> well, I, here's the way I interpret it and the way that I used it when I used to say this in my youth, in my ignorant ignorant youth, I'd say, you know, I'd listen to everything except for country and rap. And what I was trying to say is there's portions of country and rap that are irritating. Right. And as a culture, we've all decided that, you know, those things kind of outweigh, you know, the good stuff. But then like the older you get and the more like experience you get with music and the more in depth you get with other genres, like you kind of just like, Oh, like every genre has its good and it's bad. And I might not be, you know, used to it or it might not be the sort of thing I'm into, it doesn't mean I need to bag on it. Right. You know, you know it's kind of interesting now. Um, obviously, like for me growing up, um, probably for you since we're similar ages, um, but like for me growing up, like I, I pretty much listened to only country music until I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. Uh-huh. Like I remember the thing that I wanted for my, I think it was my 12th birthday, was the Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks box set. Oh my gosh. I was either my 12th birthday or Christmas when I was 12, uh, something like that. So I actually, I, I have the Garth Brooks box set. Um, I, well, I don't anymore because I threw away all my jewel cases and just put all my CDs in a folder. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, that, that being uh, that aside, um, like I had that and, uh, 
So I would always hear people like, oh, country, country sucks. Like that was like a big thing. And now I don't think that that is an opinion like that. I feel like that's a minority opinion. I haven't heard people drop the whole anything but country and rap thing in a long time. I mean, now that being said, like there's a lot of like country crossover. Um, Not necessarily crossover, but like country, even in the 80s, people... People would say like the guy who produced I, like some of the big records in the early '90s was also the producer for Def Leppard in right, like the right. '80s, and the same thing has kind of continued, but it's gotten like more and more like not even just like the power ballad stuff of the '80s. Those guys were producing '90s country. It's like the guys who are producing pop albums in like the late '90s, early 2000s are also producing like modern pop country albums. So. You just have this, and then a lot of the content has changed. Where, um, like even one of the Garth Brooks albums I have, I forget what the song is called, but it has a yodeling on it, right? Because that used to be like a staple of like that was how you really proved that you were a legit country artist. Yeah, that was street you, cred. You had like a yodeling song on it, um, or and now like so much of country music really is just like. All right, I wrote this Nickelback Nickelback style song, right. but we're gonna replace like the the Mesa Boogie cranked cab sound with a banjo. Right, right. You know, uh, oh, oh, so our, much- our singer our singer is from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, instead of Ottawa, Canada. There's so much genre crossing these days, though. Like you have banjo and mandolin in alt rock music now. Yeah, yeah. And you have like you have guys who are like. Rap dudes getting into country, you have country guys getting into rap. Yeah. You, you know, like everybody's like mixing peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I well, don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem like a valid thing to say anymore. Like I could, I could go out and say, like, ah, I don't like pop country and it would be true, but I also don't like regular pop. Sure. I also don't like, you know, like all sorts of stuff. But then there's standouts, there's members of all genres that are just like, oh, I could, yeah, I can listen to this, I can get into yeah. this, this is as, like as, my thing. As dumb as uh, a lot of Brad Paisley's songs are from a content standpoint, it's like, dude, dude tears it up. And that's actually something like Brad Paisley, I would say, like a lot of guys I know listen to Keith Urban because he's just kind of like a monster guitar player. The problem is that for me that's like not what i want out of country music right like i don't because when i say that these guys are monster players there a lot of them they get like these monster i keep saying that uh, they get these like really good guitar players but they're all good in the vein of like mark tremani or whatever right, like right. They're, they're dropping modern rock riffs yeah brad paisley's not i mean a lot of brad paisley stuff is more traditional but um like I always feel like, oh, if your guitar, if the, your guitar lead in a country song isn't just like clean, like a clean Telecaster through a compression pedal, uh-huh. then it's not really like a country riff. Yeah, you know, like, and I, I realize that's super snobby, but it's kind of you know, that's what I want. That's yeah, what I, totally. that's what I want when I'm tuning into something. I, I'm looking for well, something like, specific. Country, like old school country, has its, you know, the the musical parts of it are a language. It's a cultural language, yeah. like the, the different little licks and how to play. It's like when I started Dinosaur Ghost mm-hmm. and I got uh, my band together, yep. I was like, we don't have to play traditional music and we don't even have to play in a traditional style, but there's certain like ways 
notes and projections are played right that we have to kind of hug or it's just not going to sound like surf rock right and those are the things that are important if you lose that cultural like language within country music then it's just it's just like modern rock or it's pop or you know is alt or something like that yeah so you have to have these cultural core elements and you can veer from them but you kind of need them as your anchored if you want to if you want to be within a genre mm-hmm. you know like i can't i can't pick even though i can play that way i can't pick up my guitar and do double tapping across you know like some kind of like dorian mode or something like that and have it sound like surf if that's oh, like speaking of that's du- the whole speaking song of double tapping uh-huh uh the ds1 demo <laughs> did you listen to that part i called uh, you out on i rarely actually listen to our vi- like watch and listen to the videos when i'm doing uh the copy edit uh-huh so but I just happened to be doing it at home and I was like, ah, like if I'm at home, I'll yeah. just leave what, if the speakers are on, I leave them on. And so I get oh, to so that. So did you hear it before you read the caption? Uh, sorry. No, I you. read the caption while I was hearing it mm. and I just started like nodding my head like, yep, <laughs> yep. I, I kind of am. <laughs> so at the end I do like this double tapping riff. That's just awful. Like I'm so sloppy at that. And it's like, no one even wants to hear it. You and Adam have told me to my face, like, no one wants to hear that. Don't do that. And so I, I wrote in the captions, if Steve is listening to this, he's rolling his eyes right yep. now. And I was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, getting back to the topic real quick, uh, obviously for you and me, it's not country and rap when we say this sort of thing now. Right. But what are, the, what are two genres of music where you would say... I like everything except for these two genres. Oh, no, it's actually still country and rap. Oh, really? No. (laughs) Um, But definitely, like I said, like, I'm starting to come... I will say I'm starting to, like, slowly come around on country, not very quickly. I think there may might just... I think there's starting to be a, kind of a little bit of a backlash in con- in country uh-huh. where you're starting to see uh, guys like Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson kind of gain popularity and they're doing more of at least a, it's funny because I feel like I, I say, oh, they're doing a more traditional style of country, but in the case of at least a few of the Chris Stapleton songs that have been more popular, he's doing like seventies country, right. which is like super R and B influenced. Uh-huh. And, uh, the Sturgill Simpson stuff I've listened to, uh, some of it is very like night, like early nineties country. And some of it is very like, like weird blues country from like, the I don't know. I don't even know. It's, it's traditional in one sense, but it's also like, there's other stuff going on. Um, but two genres, I, I, I still don't really get metal. I'll listen to, mm, so- yeah. I'll listen to metal sometimes, but a lot of like, no matter what it is, it's so much of it. And still sounds like a friggin' swarming bees to me. Right. Right. Like just the tonality of it. So there's certain artists that I guess might be classified as metal, um, that I would listen to, but for, as a, as the genre on the whole, like I like the guitar solo parts, but then when they get to the parts where I'm like, there's a guy singing here, but I, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I don't seek it out. Um, I hear that other, any other common popular music genres? Not, I mean, do you listen to like EDM or anything like that? 
I, I don't go out of my way to find it, but like if, if I it hear, came on, you'd listen. If it's on the radio, I don't necessarily you know, change it. I go song, I go song by song. Because I think like the imagery is like back in the day when people would say, I don't listen to any, I listen to everything but country and rap. The imagery is like if a, like a country or rap song came on the radio and they didn't have a way to turn it off, they would be kicking the radio out with, right, their, with their right. heel, you know, No, like for that. sure. It's like if, if that song comes on, I'm changing it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I definitely, I don't feel like I have any genre of music where as a whole, sure, you know, I'm not going to hear the first five seconds of the latest Metallica or Disturbed or whatever, I don't know, yeah. song on on the local rock metal station and be like, five seconds in, I don't care. Yeah. Change the station. You know, it's... I'll, I usually go song, like everything is song by song. So, I mean, there's, there's R and B or rap and hip hop songs that I'm just like, Oh, I hate, I just hate this song. Sure. sure. There's other ones where I'm like, turn it up. Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got a, uh, you know, a little base of, of hip hop and rap that I like to listen to, but it's all pretty kind of like public enemy. Yeah. It's kind of like nineties old school and kind of like. That kind of that kind of thing. I'm trying to convince like one 80s, of the guys at, 80s old school. I, I was trying to convince one of the guys at work uh, to become my hype man. Nice. Uh, he started with the sedition. I was like, "Yeah, man, you should do that." Like, anytime I walk into walk into the room, just be like, "Steve in the house." <laughs> and then I listen to I'll listen to like some older country, you yeah. know, and stuff that kind of flirts in that direction. Um, but I definitely don't listen to anything new, or I I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but if I was going to say like genres where I just, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to like mm-hmm. listen to it. I don't want to be around it. Like I have a lot of trouble with, with, you know, and this is a debatable topic. You're going to say emo. I'm going to say emo because people debate for days. What is and is an emo, but I'm just going to say the thing that I don't like is that very like, like vocal styling. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't even know how to impersonate it all the way. It sounds like a like a like a wounded animal, and it's like just this like kind of like three note bob back and forth, and this like vocal style that I just can't hang with it. It sounds so annoying to me. I've never been able to get into it. But then I, you know, there's other bands that I think thematically are what people would have considered emo kind of in the early days that I'm sure. fine with. Sure, and, I think you know, if you listened, I think if. I think if I brought in some, or like, have you ever listened to Jawbreaker? Probably. Have you or like Jets to Brazil? Yes, I still so remember like both, those songs though. Both like Jawbreaker would be, maybe be an example of like at least maybe very early emo, yeah, or like post hardcore ish. Yeah, but I have um, the same. Pro- I have the same problem with like pop punk too. It's just this right. It's right. this vocal style that I just can't hang. Well, with. Well, I mean, very late, like post 2000 I don't know, 2003 you started seeing like a, a lot of crossover between pop punk and emo right right like bands that were pop punk were just like bands basically bands that the only difference for certain bands being like classified as emo or pop punk is were they singing about something serious right right like even you know blink 182 on there's on I think Dude Ranch has a song called Emo. And they've had songs on like other albums where you'd be like, Oh, this is their emo song. Uh, right, it's like, right. but 
otherwise they're a pop punk band. Yeah. Yet they have the one song where they reach deep into the blackness of their souls. I, was, I remember when like friends were trying to describe to me what this new emo thing was. And they're like, oh, it's kind of like punk rock, only like like the the lyrics are emotional. Like there's never been like music like this that has like these emotional lyrics. I'm like, every, right. like every genre has emotional songs. Like this doesn't set it apart. It's just this is a specific style that just capitalizes on a few different yeah, kind of cliches I mean, that it, it runs with. It, depending on what you read historically, there are um, some definite like like you would, like you're saying with surf rock. There, right? There's a er, cult, early on there's, there's a cultural language to the music where it's like, oh, you're an emo band, so that means you're playing octaves. Yeah. Oh, you're an emo band, so you're playing. SGs into a Marshall JCM 800. Like right, that, right. those were kind of like things that at least early on, like that was, that's what it was. It was, you know, humbucker guitars into, yeah, into Marshalls. And, and I mean, that kind of started to shift over time as, you know, the, the, you just had different fusions, emo with pop punk, emo with, with uh, kind of with like mathy, yeah. more mathy or at least more like ambient stuff. So then you start getting like, a lot of Telecasters into Fender Deluxes and Fender Twins. And, yeah, yeah. And here, uh, yeah. Here's what I'm going to say to put a bow on this topic, because uh, we've we've ventured into histories of things, and we're just going to stay here forever if we don't change. But here's what I'm going to say. Uh, the History you, of Things. That's if, a great album. If you have a genre of music that is on your list of like, oh, I just don't listen to that, my challenge to you this week as you're listening to this, uh, explore that genre and try to find a song in that genre that you like, and then post a uh, the YouTube video of it to our Facebook group, and let's get like a mega thread thread going. Mega thread of uh, songs that you like from genres that you don't like. That sounds like fun, right? That sounds like a like a great time. Yeah. All right, let's jump into another ad. Here, I found it. This was from Brad Moses. Oh, there's a lot of text on this. Yeah, you want me to take this? Yeah, you take it, Steve. You know I'm not so good at the book reading. All right, this says, Blows hollow body ele- hollow bodied electrics away and very fun to play. Solid top, $120. This guitar is hard to put down once you pick it up and has inspired my playing every time to a new level of ju- just by the awesomeness of how it plays and sounds. Has solid top back and sides. This is not a laminate guitar. I've been able to get sounds out of this guitar that cannot get out of normal acoustic or semi or full hollow body electric guitar. The tone plugged into me is just unbelievably amazing. No dry, thin sound of a small bodied hollow body electric and the arch top style tremolo also makes it sound unlike any acoustic I've ever played. Yeah, it's got one of those uh, uh, knockoff Bigsby's uh-huh. on it. It has bone buffalo saddle that is naturally lubricated and works very well with the tremolo for both tone and smoothness. Also has buffalo bone nut for the same reasons. Is is do, when you buy a bone part, do you s- normally specify what animal the bone comes from? Um, I think if you're buying a bone nut and you know what animal it comes from, you probably mention that for the rest of your life. Do you think when he says buffalo, he means bison or does he mean like water buffalo? You mean like the difference between like American buffalo and and an actual buffalo? Yes. Uh, He probably means uh, American bison. All right. Uh, Nice sealed 14 to 1 ratio tuners that are smooth as butter and hold the strings well. 
brand new coated strings for long life, and these strings are awesome sounding as well. Really love them. Good grief. Acoustic sound will pick up with nice long 15-foot cord. Not a short three-foot cord like on some of them. Gets really great tones. Take $15 off the price if you don't want to need it. So this is just some kind of sound hole yeah, yeah. thing. You can kind of see it in the picture, actually. Uh-huh. It, anyway. Um, this is a limited run with nitro paint instead of the tone-killing poly. It's had the top finish to remove... Has I had the top finish removed to open up the tone more? He had that done? Had it done? It doesn't look like he had it done. It looks like he did it. There's no tech yeah. in the world that would remove it that way. All right. Uh, this is a... Okay, I read that. Uh, frets are still in great shape, etc. It has road-worn look is all. This is a player's guitar. Comes with a leather strap adapter. Also for using with a strap with this guitar. If you don't want it, can knock off an extra $10 in the price. Can also install a second strap pin like is on an electric if you want, wherever you want me to put it. But add ten dollars back on for my time and parts on this one feature upgrade. Um, you can always use bridge pins and string it up without the tremolo, so that adds to the versatility. But to my ears, I'm playing the tremolo sounds plays much better, much much better. So I would personally never think of going without this type of setup. I have the bridge pins. Remind me when buying the guitar and I will include them. Plastic originals come free. I have bone bridge pins with abalone inlays for an extra $10. Of course. And my personal favorite, rosewood pins to match the rosewood bridge for an extra $15. $120 base price. Please read description for extras for additional money or takeaways for money deductions. So, okay. So here's here's the thing. First of all, I need a drink. Yeah, no kidding. This guy wrote way too much for his $120 guitar. This is $120. Um, you have an option of a $10 or $15 upgrade. Did he ever say what the original brand of this guitar was? From looking at the picture, I'm f- thinking that this is a silver tone. Uh, that headstock looks very silver tone to me. It's so blurry. I would never, I would never make um, a guess. I think in one of the other, I think in one of the other pictures, you can. It's a close up of the headstock. I don't see it on the little thing there. Yeah, but the thing. Remember, oh, because it cuts Craig's it off. Just cut it off. Yeah, so there's yeah. one where it looks like you can see the headstock. I think this this looks like a silver tone to me. Um, but the the bottom line is, um, if you don't want the sound hole pickup. If you don't want the leather strap adapter, you can get this guitar for $95. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's really that good like of a guitar... It, wait, does the original come with the Bigsby? The original the price includes the Bigsby. It's installed. Oh, I see. I see. Um, but the original guitar, if when he bought this, did it oh, come with... Oh, no. The, that's there's ins- no way. That's, oh, that's, oh, that's, uh, that's aftermarket. Aftermarket. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. I just, this is one of those moments where it's like you've hyped this so hard that you've like hyped hyped it to being a negative. Yeah. Like but, if it's really that good, why are you getting rid of it? And like you look at this thing and it looks like garbage, total garbage. It looks like there was, used to be like a nice kind of like yellowy orangey finish on it. And then he sanded it all the way down to bare wood, except for where the strings were. Because obviously you don't sand down the top of a guitar to remove the finish when, and take the strings off. You just got, kind of go around them. Yeah. And then there's a splotch all the way around the bridge because he didn't get close to the bridge. And there's a splotch down by this tremolo that's on there for who knows what reason. I don't believe him for an instant that it makes the guitar sound better. 
on an acoustic. No. I don't believe that. That's no. There's there's it might sound different and he might prefer that different, but it's so, so for most a, players it's gonna kill some here's of that what acoustic I vibe. Know. He says this guitar is hard to put down, and every time he picks it up, he's inspired and blah, blah, blah. Why, did, why is he selling it then? Well, obviously, because he's reached the pinnacle of his uh, guitar playing. So he's peaked. Right. He cannot be. He's. Uh, There's no way he could get better. He's reached guitar vana. <laughs> guitar vana. Guitar vana. Oh, gosh. This, you know, someone out there just heard us say that, and they're about to start another guitar podcast. Yes. Guitar vana. Looking forward to. Talking about you guys. Hashtag Guitarvana. Yeah. Someone start Guitarvana podcast. It'll go straight to the top of the charts, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this thing's just a disaster. Uh, it's if, a disaster. If you saw this at like a swap meet or pawn shop or something like that, what would you pay for it? Like, I'm not talking about you seeing it like I'm going to haggle this person. I'm seeing you see the price and you're like, yeah, I'd pay that. I'll buy it. $60. $60. I feel like I might go close to $60 and I would harvest the trim and put it on something else. The big speed, the fake big speed. No, I think I would keep it as is. I might, I guess if it plays all right, if it plays as good as he says, I might leave it on, but I might see if I can heat gun off the rest of that finish. It's getting real close to the bridge, but yeah, it's pretty close. I don't know. Yeah. $60 is a good price. So that's which half. is really only thirty five dollars less than what he's asking for. I guess so. If you don't get the pickup or the leather, I mean, it also depends on what adapter. what brand and, and model the guitar is too. Like it could be even worse than a hundred dollar silver tone or something like that. You know? Yeah, it could be you know like a like a sixty dollar sunlight. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like some kind of weird honer. Yeah, some awful honer. Yeah. It's total garbage. I have two hunters. That's why Steve <laughs> said that. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next topic, which is Triller. It's Triller time. We're going to talk about the Triller. Ryan got a guitar Triller. Uh, all he's been doing on the internet is talking trash about the guitar Triller. Yeah, for a long time now. For a long yeah, I'm gonna, time. I'm going to play it. I've got my acoustic guitar here. One of my honers. Yeah. As you can tell, I have fully mastered the Triller. How much time have you spent with the Triller? Oh, about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> how much of the tutorial video, how many tutorial videos did you watch? Uh, zero. 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 Yeah. Does it come with instructions? No. I mean, it's just, it's obvious. You hit the strings with it. Isn't there a thing about like how to use it as a pick? You keep yeah. missing. I know. That's one of my problems with it. Uh, so someone on the group, I want to say it was Adam Dolhanic, was like, you need to buy a Triller. And demo that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll do it. They're 15 bucks. It'll make fun content. So I'll, I'll get around to doing a, a video soon. I mess around with it here and there. Um, it's definitely a thing that's going to take some practice with it and some muscle memory work. Have you put on bass yet? I haven't yet. Hmm. Um, a friend of ours, Dago, says he uses one every now and then. He, he's uh, a bass player. He seems to like it. Um, I just, I feel like it's so dumb to pay $15 for it. I get it. Like it's a, you know, it's a hashed out design and concept. They made it for you. You don't have to make a thing, but is it really $15? It's $15, dude. 
It's just a chunk I, of plastic. I feel like that's a good price. It's not bad if you end up using it. I guess I'd just say before you buy one of these, like try making your own and like mess around with it. Like just like take a stick and cut it up and, and use it. Right, right. Or like use a, like a fork or something like that. Like get like a get a, get a wooden uh, kitchen spoon and cut it down and use it for that. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting tool. It's the the hitting surface on it is wide enough to hit two strings at a time, basically. Mm -hmm. So you can go between hitting two strings or one string with it. And then you can hold it like in the videos. I've seen them like hold it and like pretended to use it as a pick. Mm -hmm. I say pretend because I think it's BS. I mean, technically you can do it, but it just feels so cumbersome to me. Cumbersome cumberbatch. But I guess if you got really used to it, like you'd be fine, but it just feels wrong to me. I don't know. But yes, you can do hammer dulcimer stuff with it. That's really all that's, it is. That's the goal. You really got to be, like starting out, you got really got to be focused on it too. Like, you can't look anywhere but where you're hitting because you don't have any muscle memory. You're going to end up whacking your guitar a million times with one of these things as you're learning it. I feel like the high strings on that sound kind of wacky. Ah, there I go, hitting the guitar I feel again. like the low strings actually sound pretty cool, like... And another problem I have with it, like you see, I have to hold my hand. Yeah. Like your your hand has to be like way up off the right. guitar to use it. It's just really unnatural to me. You want to try it? You want to mess around? I don't know. Do I? I don't know. How much do you want to embarrass yourself? Well, I'm already on this show with you, so. <laughs> don't try to play leads, man. Hold it, hold a chord. <laughs> That's beautiful, Steve. I feel like I'm already better with this thing than I am with the slide. <laughs> Here's what I'd I missed. Say. Here's what I'd say. And if the Triller guys are listening, I'll wait for you to stop, Steve. If the Triller guys are listening, I would much rather have some sort of thing that like slides onto your thumb to be a hitting surface. Like a th like a little thimble that straps under your thumb and has like a little plastic edge on it. I feel like it would be a lot more natural. Yeah. This is the worst content we've ever produced. False. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your thoughts after playing with it for twenty seconds? Probably a minute and a half. Feels like a lifetime. I yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I it's well, like you said, like there's 
you don't have the muscle memory. And, yeah. And maybe this is like a, uh, it's like learning a completely new instrument. Right. And, and so I think maybe that might be like the biggest barrier to overcome is that for most people who are probably going to pick up the Triller, they already have some established level of instrument competency when it comes to guitar. Sure. Like where, like n- probably nobody's going out to pick up the Triller who's like, well... I haven't quite figured out this bar chord thing no. yet, but I want to try something well, I've different. Got a guitar. What am I going to buy? I need a tuner. Yeah. I need a strap. I need a cable. I need a pick. Oh, and oh, I need a triller. Yeah. <laughs> so in in turn, I think that probably the biggest downside to the triller isn't that is is all the things that you said is that it's cumbersome, is that it requires a different muscle memory. Uh, it requires advanced laser targeting to make sure you hit the right strings. It really doesn't need to come with a laser all target. The, all these things. Um, but ultimately, all you're really saying is, I already know how to play guitar in this one specific way. I don't want to deal with learning the same instrument that I already play right. in like a different way. I feel like I'd much rather get a hammer dulcimer if I was going right, to mess right. around with this. So the, like with a hammered dulcimer, you know, then you're at least say, you can say like, well, I'm learning a completely different instrument right. that has to be played in this different way. Um, so I think that's that's a really big thing. And uh, you've really got to practice with this thing to have any sort of competency. I think. Yeah. Uh, they the, the reason I think I hate the Triller so much is because their Internet marketing was so heavy handed for so long. Right. It was like you couldn't get away from the ads. If, yeah, if fa- Facebook, Facebook ads galore, Facebook tagged you as a guitarist like you got shown this ad like 10 times a day when they were marketing it. Yeah. And it like was presented like, oh, here's like the next evolution in guitar playing. This is the new thing. Like You won't believe like what it does. You'll. You'll throw your old picks away. You want to take your plane to the next level? What level is that? Level three. Whoa. <laughs> I've been working on level three for a long time. I'm at like two it's, and a quarter. It's tricky. Yeah. That uh, jumping puzzle at the end's a mess. I know. Oh, it's worse than Mega Man. <laughs> All right. I would say uh, if you have a triller and you feel like you know what you're doing with it, record yourself playing with it like a song. Send it to us and we'll play it at the end of the show. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. This is the episode where we do call outs and dare people to send us content. I, like I said, like, I, th- I obviously like when, uh, yeah, the Triller ads for a while felt ubiquitous. They were just, you could not escape them. And the thing is, is the guy playing, like, I thought it sounded really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think I just this is don't a... think it's, it's like, it's, it's like it's changing the guitar into being something different. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's like that much different than, say like Led Zeppelin pulling out a cello bow exactly bow, bow to play guitar except that maybe I feel like the learn I'm guessing cuz I've never tried it that the learning curve with the triller might just be like a lot higher than I think cello it's trickier because you get a bow and you can only really play a couple strings at a time yeah. on a guitar and you just lock into the feel and you're then you're playing big long slow notes yeah, and with then it. you just turn your reverb all the way up and it doesn't yeah. matter like the triller since you're like jumping around so much and you're doing all these little like jumping flea sounds if you are jumping not flea. if you're not competent at it you're gonna sound like a disaster the way we sounded like you've got to spend some serious time with this thing for it to work out at all. I think that was the misleading part of the advertisement. It was like, Oh, just pick this up. You already know guitar. It's just a new way to play guitar. No, this, there's a big learning curve here. Yeah. 
for sure. So that's that's really my critique and review of it. As an object, it's fine. This thing's never going to break unless you really try to break it. It's a $15 toy or instrument, however you want to define it. Yeah. That I'll throw this in a drawer. I'll have it forever. When I'm 75 years old, I'll pull it out and be like, hey, grandkids, want to see my trailer? You know? <laughs> Everyone will grab their kids and take them out of the room. Yeah. Like, Grandpa's, Grandpa Ryan is is too old to play with. This is even here <laughs> in his room. All right. Uh, this last ad was sent to us by Ethan Barker. He sent this to us a while ago, I think. Yeah. Um. I really, the only to, reason we I think got he sent to it, sent it to us right after the last one. So this is a Boss DD7. It's a reverb bad. Uh, reverb.com. EHX Demon uh, 1100 Tap Tempo. Um, they want 450 for both. Uh, three, basically 330 for the Memory Man, 120 for the DD7. Uh, the descriptions, um, you know, pretty, pretty. Oh, the. So, I guess the description for the EHX is: Do you need some wash in your sound? And then a general description. Uh, the D- Boss DD7, which I don't really understand, is, are you sick of the 21st century? <laughs> the DD7, I'm yeah, pretty sure, came out in the 21st century. Yeah, but it, you know, all those digital delays, they harken back to the 80s and guess. to the 90s sort of sounds. Uh, so anyway, but we threw this one in because we thought the uh, main picture was fun, which is uh, they pedal in a shower rack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny picture. Yeah, it's cute. Now, is that because uh, modulation effects are considered like wet effects? It, I think there's a wet element. I think he lays on the washy part, right, in the copy there. Um, yeah, I think it's just a clever little picture for your ad. A great way to get attention on on reverb, stand out of the crowd, is do funny little things like this. It's just cute. We'll post it up on the Facebook group. <laughs> it's cute. It's just cute. It's cute. I don't. Do you think the prices are fair? I'm not even familiar familiar with prices. Uh, for these. I feel like I could get a DD7 for cheaper, but yeah, I mean the prices are okay. It's reverb. You're gonna negotiate. Yeah, exactly. Little. Make an offer. It has the button right there. All right, we want to wrap this up. Yeah, I'd like to uh, thank our sponsors, uh, Sinusoid, Sinusoid.com, uh, BarefootButtons.com. Yep. Also, and Mr. Black Pedals, uh, who do the JDS50 at mrblackpedals.com. And go watch our demo of it. Yep. Uh, so this outro song, actually, we're going to play two of them because they're both short. They're from Evan Walker, and he says, uh, this is part of a musical experiment he's doing that he feels like fits in the theme of not having to spend an arm and a leg to sound good and do rad stuff. Uh, so he's using a sub $200 seven-string Jackson, uh, a cable that Daniel Tayek made for him, and a garage band. So he's running a PV5150 emulator plugin inside of GarageBand. The base uh is the base on the track is a seven-string guitar with a GarageBand pitch shifter, dropping in an octave, running through GarageBand's bass amp simulator. And the drums are GarageBand's Robo Drums. So it's just guitar running into straight into the, his Mac, then a bunch of free stuff happening inside of GarageBand. And he writes and records these in one shot on his lunch break. That's uh, awesome. So we're going to play two songs. The first one is called Have a Weird Time. And the second one is called Pancake Chords versus Waffle Chords. Nice. And I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy these. And if you want to get your song on the show, send us a file to 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Yep. Bye. Later, guys. <laughs>